Hey there, Leader Today. Today is November 24th, and today on Leadership Lost and Found, we're going to talk about leading through change, how to lead it, how to manage it, and how to finish it. Finish it. On November 24th, 1963, in this day in history, Jack Ruby shot to death Lee Harvey Oswald, the accused assassin of President John F. Kennedy, in the basement of the Dallas Police Department headquarters. This kicked off... Well, let's face it, probably dozens if not scores of conspiracy theories and ushered in, along with the assassination of course of the president, an era of significant change for the United States, which so happens, Randy, leads us to today's topic, change. Randy, let's go ahead and uh, frame the topic. Take it from here. So today it's about leading through change or change leadership, not to be confused with change management. No, God, don't put me in another change advisory (laughs) board or whatever they call it. So change management's goal is always to minimize the distractions, the impacts of the change. But change leadership, change leadership or leading through change is all about the focus, the vision, the fuel for large-scale transformations. So we're going to talk about leading through change and what's required of a leader to make that happen, as well as how you can be successful as a leader. And a shameless plug, um, the first 90 days, we've mentioned that book several times on our podcast. We are not uh, compensated for that book. Not even a little. Content. We we should be. Uh, First 90 days, one of the four situations a leader is faced with when they come into a new leadership role is change or, or change over. And um, it's covered there very well in the book. Well, so much of everything you do as a new leader has changed. You, your existence is new and change-worthy, right? So makes sense. So setting aside the, the new leader conversation, it, it, the way you posed the question, Randy, was what is required of a leader mm. to manage change? Well, the first is not all change is good. Not all change is important. <laughs> Right. You know, in, in the security world, I spend a lot of my time ranking, risk ranking, right? Mm. High, medium, low, critical, yes. whatever. Yeah. Are you saying something similar here? Yeah. Prioritization. I mean, the, the pri- pri- prioritizing resources and objectives and removing burdens or obstructions, that's what we do as leaders. Whether we're in security, whether we're in business, whatever it is, we need to p- rightly prioritize the things our people are going to work on and then remove barriers. Now, come on. Now, now, what you're telling me, what I'm hearing you say, is there's bad change. There is unnecessary change. Unnecessary change. Better I mean, way there, to put it. Yeah. So one is recognizing the reason for change, right? An opportunity Like, exists. why would you put on leather pants? That is an unnecessary and unwanted change. Leather chaps? <laughs> if you're riding in... Oh. In Sturgis in South Dakota, right? Leather chaps are our necessary change. feel like we're at the edge of our moral compass here. <laughs> Thank you for once again pushing our boundaries. Yes, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> no, but uh, change needs to be rightly prioritized. And all too often, people just jump into change because it's a new fad. It's a new thing. You know, we are all faced with that, I hate this phrase, unprecedented change in 2020, right? Mm. And, and some of that change uh, and the new normal that everybody speaks of, some of it was necessary and some of it was not. So being able to rightly prioritize the changes for your organization and knowing the rate of change mm. for your organization. Because everybody has a, a there's change fatigue. 
Absolutely. And knowing the pulse of your people, of your tribe, to know we what can they can withstand. That. Exactly. Yeah. We can consume that now or not. That being said, you know, and there is some evidence to support that, to support this, is that change is a cadence. If you work in a static environment, no offense to these people who are listening that say work in local or federal government, change is long. Change takes a long time. It's it's studied. It's appropriated. It's eventually conditioned, and then and yeah. then implemented over time, right? Yeah. In an or, in an environment, in an environment that I've I'm in in and have been in and currently in, change is a rapid fire process to the point where, in the interview, say if you can't accommodate change, you will likely self select out fairly quickly. Yeah. I do believe it is possible for leadership in an environment and a culture, which is important around change to accommodate the rate of change. But it has to be an organizational set, and that has to be the priority. Yeah, and the opportunity has to be clear. For example, there has to be a clear opportunity. There has to be a clear evidence and urgency for the change. Give me an example. You said, for example. Give me an example. Well, when I first went to work for an insurance company, that insurance company had um, roughly six people in their security department and uh, was uh, languishing from a a lack of priority around security in general. So when we first began there, the entire security organization, um, obviously we couldn't fix everything. So we had to prioritize our work, first of all, through a good old assessment. Like, sure. regardless of what you're in, security, identity, it doesn't yeah. matter. Well, it's the old-fashioned third party come in and says, we yeah. really have to do it. Come in. And one wise person, who's still at that insurance company, by the way, paid to What have, does his name rhyme with? Uh, his name might rhyme with Aaron. Farron. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. So Farron, in his, in his wisdom, uh, went out and had an assessment done by a call company called Ernest & Young. Ernest and Young came in, and there was a laundry list of things. The first of which is you don't have an executive over or someone sponsoring security, sure. which was the first problem they solved. But from identity management, from data management to cybersecurity, across the board, there were things that weren't done. So if I'm going to play the, the other side of this, they identified, let's call it 12 to 15 high-level things that needed to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And change has to happen. So what happens next? The organization rate of change could only consume two or three of those large things a year, we determined. And obviously could only fund two or three of those things right. a year. So it's kind of like juggling. You know, you, you think about juggling and plate spinning. Plate spinning, you're going to spin all five plates and you're running back and forth. If you think of the visual, running back and forth to keep the plate spinning. Juggling four balls instead of five, you say, I'm not juggling five balls. I'm going to set that fifth one over here, and that's either identity management that's right. that's that security item, whatever. I'm going to set that off to the side, and I'm right. not going to touch it. And I need you to keep status quo. Yeah, just keep it in place. Hold the line. Yeah, for a year, we're going to leave it alone. Now, the priority of this insurance company was we had the Chinese PLA active on the network, carrying out denial of service attacks against South Korean businesses. To me, that would be the first priority you need to right. stop. Right, that feels right. somewhat urgent. <laughs> that's the urgent, right? <laughs> you got to stop that. Especially when the FBI is also at your door asking questions. Yeah, so that, neither that, confirm nor deny. That, yeah. So we've set the priority. We know the urgency. So, Jim, what's next? Oh, boy. There is so much what's next, right? I mean, there are a lot of elements to change, and there 
have been many books written on it. I've one of my favorites given to me by a friend of mine, Bob Martin, and that's his real name, not a pseudonym. Love Bob. Love you, Bob. We moved a lot of dirt. We moved a lot of dirt with Bob, Bob Martin. Say, yeah. um, Bob Martin gave me a book called The Eight Constants of Change, and it's an older book, but as you and I both know, nothing's changed. Right? No, there is nothing. There are some things that never change. <laughs> and it is the constants of change, right? I love the uh, the irony in that, or the dichotomy in that. Um, you know, the biggest part of me that strikes me around change is you've talked about the prioritization, the need, and then the prioritization. What gets me from a leadership perspective, how do we sell this change? How do we manage this change? It is effective communication. It is getting people to understand why you're doing this. A coalition. A co building your coalition, right? Yeah. And you and I talked previously about there is the upside down pyramid or sideways pyramid or, or the meteor effect, right? Where you get those early adopters to punch the hole mm -hmm. and then others will gather in the wake and your wake behind it grows wider and wider and eventually changes adopted. But as a leader, convincing those early adopters to get it and staying consistent and, and pounding the, I hate to say pounding the table, but you know, waving the flag, pounding the table, whatever it takes in order to maintain the throughput on that change. You need early adopters and influencers on your side. Agreed. Or it's going to die out. I mean, you think of... There's, right. there's not, and not like Instagram adopt or influencers, right? No, we just no. real influencers. <laughs> no. and, and we've talked about this before, Influence the difference impact. between an impactor and an influencer, right? We yeah. need real influencers. Yeah, and influencers aren't people in leadership roles necessarily. They're people that are going to influence the activities, the behaviors of the people around them. And, and they're like a gravitational pull. And you need yes. those people pulling in your directions. There's a lot of examples of CEOs that failed because the first layer underneath them just simply yeah. decided that they weren't going to do what he said. Well, my favorite story about change management, and I learned this in college. Thank you, The Ohio State University. The, yes, I used the. The Yes, I knew you were coming on that. <laughs> you know, it's been uh, almost a full half episode since you've made I'm old joke. Anyways, I, moving on. Um, but my favorite thing in, in my so useful political science career uh, or degree was that Jimmy Carter tried zero-based budgeting. Mm -hmm. And he went and he wanted to change how they budgeted. I mean, instead of, you know, here's your budget last year, how's it going to change? They would come in and start over and plan from the grassroots. Yeah. And he ran into significant, significant opposition from the entrenched bureaucrats. Well, and what he found out was old trees are deeply rooted. Deeply rooted. Absolutely. <laughs> old trees are deeply rooted. And if you, the thing is, is with those old trees, you, you get one or two of those old trees that can be on board with your change. They can be proponents of your change management. And if you don't, nothing moves. Yeah, you'll fail. Nothing moves. You and zero-based budgeting failed, just like <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Carter's re-election bid, right? Which, by the way, uh, Jimmy Carter, if you guys don't know that, was a president, was alive before I most hate of you, you so much. were born. I, you gave me the softball. Well, all right, all right. I admit to the softball. So you've got that look on your face, Randy. What is it? What do you want to say? Well, some statistics here. If you, if you look at... I was told there'd be no math. There's, it's easy math. It's percentages. It's written for executive level. Excellent. So you can easily understand. Does it use colors? That's right. <laughs> this pretty graph. Yeah. No, but if you think of, of things divided up, right, 10% are the leaders, 40% are the early adopters, the other 40% 
are the late adopters, and the last 10% Your trailer. are the laggers. Yeah. yeah. So you get the leaders on board. You have to have the leaders on board. You spend your time to get the leaders on board with your change. I'm going to I'm gonna stop you there. How do I get a, uh, an early adopter, a leader on board? What is critical to getting them on board? And I, and I have an answer, so I'm testing you. What do you do to get them on board? <laughs> well, uh, I'm tempted to ask you what your answer is, James. But um, first of all, after creating the urgency and the priority, you have to be able to cast a good strategic vision. What is it that's going to, right. what is this going to accomplish? What is this change going to do for our business? What's it going to do for our department? And I'll add to that, that you need to make it personal. Because resistance is, is uh, okay, for all you Star Trek fans, I have to say this because every time I say the word resistance, resistance is futile. That's but right. it is not. <laughs> resistance in this case is inevitable. Yeah. Right. And they're going to resist it. So from a message standpoint, you're going to have to find not just the how it resonates with you as the leader. Right. Because yeah. we're talking about leading through change. You have to find how it resonates with you as a leader, but also for each one of those people, especially those early adopters. Right. Yeah. How it resonates personally with them. And how is their future going to be different from the past? What yeah. is their new normal? Sorry for the yeah. phrase, right? Yeah. In 2020 I hate COVID you. times. I've yeah. always hated you, so my <laughs> level of right? hate hasn't changed. How is this new state going to be different than their present state? And what's in it for them? So as you personalize What's it, in it for me? Personalize it for them and get them emotionally on board with it, right? It can be about numbers and statistics and everything else, but there's something, too, if they build it, yeah, they will come. If they're part of the building... They will have a sense of ownership and, and part of that new normal. They absolutely will. And the, the hurdle there is the fear, right? And you know what, Randy, I'm making a mental note. We need to make a fear podcast, right? Ooh. Because fear is so powerful. That's that's such but a good one. The, the That'll be more than 22 minutes. 22 minutes. You Ooh. might need a sandwich instead or of a cup. a quarter of a bottle of, yeah. bottle of bourbon, bourbon that's a bottle. Right. Nobody knows. But I, I'll it's more. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than a bottle. <laughs> What, what I'm saying is that fear is such a powerful thing, right? We, it's ingrained to us. It is, a, it is deep in our genetic code or evolutionary code or whatever you want to call it, fight or flight. You have to find the key that unlocks the fear because how does this affect me? Yeah. Am I going to be irrelevant? Am I going to, my skills no longer going to be worthy? And you're going to have to, at a personal level, especially for those early adopters, as a leader, convince them this is where it affects you. And those leaders, so say you're in a, a little bit more of a higher middle management position, mm -hmm. you're going to not only have to connect it to your subordinate leaders, but you're going to have to give them the instructions how to connect it a level down. Yeah. Instructions is a bad word, but the feeling, the, the connectors. The, con the connected, the connective tissue, if you will. You know, you look at, and fear lives in the past. Being anxious lives in the future. And you need to erase both fear and the anxious uh, and you need to have a, a clear, um, a clear message yeah, as absolutely. part of this change. You know, to cover that years ago, and I witnessed this. I was, uh, I uh, sold. I was a salesman briefly for a <laughs> briefly. You were a sales guy. I was a sales guy for briefly, what? For well, my first sales vacuum job. Vacuum cleaners. Don't tell me it was vacuum. Cleaners. No, it was better. Uh, uh, latex gloves for dental office. <laughs> <laughs> I was spectacularly bad. But my second one was selling software, training resource software okay, yeah. to organizations. And we yeah. went to the IRS to sell it. And we said, this will eliminate, IRS was one of our potential clients, this will eliminate you know, needless duplication, all this other stuff. 
and I remember the people I was selling to. And one of them crossed her arms and says, well, if we get this, I won't have a job. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew at that moment in a organization that did not assimilate change well, the Internal Revenue Service, by the way, big fans, don't audit me. Yeah, that's right. Don't <laughs> right. But I knew that the sale was done because the resistance to change there was not going to be sold at any level. Well, and, and you hear this in terms of, of words, too. It's just not done that way. Oh, We've, we've never done it this way before. We've this tried is... it before. It didn't work. Oh, right? God. That's where you talk about the rate of change. Like, when was the last time this organization went through change? Are they in a change cyclone or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing when you know the rate of change of your organization? So I'm going to ask you, Randy, or maybe you should ask me. Mm. Challenge one of us, and we'll do rock, paper, scissors. Which one of us has a better, better example of we've never done it this way before? <clears throat> so... Clearly, James won rock, paper, scissors. Or lost. Yeah. Which, what you guys don't know is, is there's considerable takes done for our, what? our podcast. What? No, this is all it you, was. You should, you should hear the outtakes. At maybe some point we'll do one. But at any rate, James, you won uh, the rock, paper, scissors. So <laughs> give us a good example. By the way, I admire your leadership presence allowing me to have the you know, the win, yeah, yes. even though I lost. Yeah. <laughs> so give us the example. So my example is, is and this was at a former organization, um, we decided that we want to do what's called SSL inspection. And it's a long story, but essentially allows us to view what is going out when it's encrypted. So you, you What is going out on the internet? Out on the internet. And where is so, your data going? Where is your data going? Yeah. So if you when you do online banking, you hit you do what's called an SSL connection and it stays encrypted. We were able to look inside of that and see what was going. So in case you were a bad guy and you were using that tunnel to hide stuff, we'd be able to see it. And the resistance we got was we've been a company for X number of years. We've never had to do that before. And we said, yeah, 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 you know, we're going to put this in and we're going to take a look. And here's the thing is that you're going to find some ugly truths, mm-hmm. right? That there's something going on. There's why it matters. Yes. And why you should care. Why you should care. Yeah. And we did. Now, we didn't find anything nefarious, but we found a couple of people doing things they should not do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will leave it at that for the protection of my double fist pump uh, uh, and gang symbol to my uh, former employer you know but it was tough and it took us a long time we've never done this before and it is when you hear somebody say that it makes me as a leader my blood boil Mm. right because thomas edison or name any other inventor alexander the great we've never invaded you know persia before well guess what we're gonna do today right we're gonna go and make a change Explaining why it matters. Yes. And you as a leader being the champion for it and understanding. And there is a limit here, which is you can't just go, here's something we want to do, and then cross your fingers and hope it goes. You as a leader have to be the minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour, day-to-day, week-to-week, and I'm going to keep going, right, quarter-to-quarter, champion of it. You have to live and breathe the change that we talked about earlier that you have prioritized. Yeah, and you have to embody that as the leader. This matters, so I'm going to show up. This matters, so I'm going to turn my camera on when I'm in the meeting. This matters because I'm going to be here in the meeting 
here at this time because it matters. The daily stand-up, I'm going to show up. We, we've talked about, and, and again, we make no money off this, Crucial Conversations. Yeah. In that Crucial Conversations book, which based on our feedback and our geotagging and other cookies, 7.8% of you have bought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Making that number up. Um, There's also a follow-on book called <laughs> yeah. Crucial Accountability. Let's right? not forget that. What? Really? So I had right. no idea. Yeah, that's right. But based on Crucial Conversations, is finding that common ground. Yeah. Right? And that is how you sell that change. And so when I got on this SSL inspection, this encryption inspection stuff, found that I could talk to the network guys at a certain level you know, your bandwidth is expensive. And when these people are using it to do, you know, Slingbox or whatever, I can actually cut that out. And they went, really? Yeah. Right? They made the scooby Now suddenly it noise. matters to them. Suddenly it matters to them. Yeah. I made it personal. But the reason I brought that crucial conversations back is communication at that level is so essential. You as a leader have to personalize it, especially as we discussed, to those early adopters. You've yeah. got to personalize it. And here's the back end of this, and I'm going to challenge you a little bit, is you got to keep repeating it to them. It's like fly fishing. I you know, have people, never fly fished in my life. So here's the thing. Why fly, would you fish for flies? No, yeah. Fly fishing is all about casting and casting and casting and casting. You know, a lot of people think it's vision. You cast once and you reel it in, you know, and it's like, no. You are continually, as the leader, you are the sounding board. You are championing the reason why we're here. I had someone tell me uh, when I left a payment card processor years ago, and he said, Randy, he goes, every meeting you start off, you would say why we're here and what it is we're trying to accomplish. Yes. And he said, you know, after you left, within three months, everybody wondered, why are we doing this again? <sighs> because they weren't hearing the context right. of why this is important. And, and taking just the two to three minutes to explain to somebody new on a call. And here's the good thing as a leader. Let me tell you something. When people's eyes are rolling, when you say it for the thousandth time. You've won. They're just starting to get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've not won. They're just the finally starting to get it. The eye roll is a victory eye roll. Yeah, yeah. You already know, and I almost don't have to say this. Yeah. But yeah. that means that they've already adopted your change. Yeah, they're on, they're on board. They get it. And, and now you can start getting into some of the specifics of what it's going to take to be successful. And I'm going to drive these home as specifics, right? Because you as a leader, you need to be visible. Yes. You need to be aligned with Present. the change. Yeah. Present. And you need to reinforce it. I'm going to say this, and I got this from the book, The Eight Constants. Plan the work and work the plan. Mm -hmm. If you as a leader haven't put out a plan on how to do this change, shame on you. I'm not yeah. a big shame guy, but... Dang it, you as a leader were responsible to build your plan. And, and by the way, there's a lot to be said for, for a visionary who might have the idea of what needs to be done. Right. And then there's the skill set to make that a reality. Make it a reality and build the plan and hold them accountable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Accountability. Quick early wins to that. to be and, and when you see the good behavior, when you finally see the good behavior, be over the top, and that's it. All right, I'm going to say something I really do. do. Mother effing reward it. Yeah. Right, yeah. because there. so anybody who's done Pavlov's dog or anything mm -hmm. like that knows you need to reinforce the new behavior. So the change behavior needs to be recognized and rewarded. Yeah. And you as a leader might feel a little disingenuous. The guy was just doing his job. It is hard to make change. But People those, don't like change. Those first 
indicators of change when you see a worker bee doing the new normal, yeah. the new good thing, being over the top with that is important. Yeah. And saying, this is the new behavior. This is the new action that we need to do as a company. And well done for you for doing it. Yeah. The other side of that is I'm going to challenge you, dear listener. Mm. Have I ever said that before? It feels no. like ground. There's three of them. You right? can name them by name. <laughs> Leave my mother out of this. <laughs> and Two. my wife. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we have one listener. That's right. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> Who's paying Work you? release program. <laughs> Work release program. You as a leader need to examine yourself. Here's the thing, right? And I love the movie Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, I love Guardians of the Galaxy too. <laughs> and Galaxy Quest are two of my favorite movies. But I love when the guy says, you know, nothing gets past me. I'm too fast. I catch it, right? And get back to blind spots. You as a leader, you have them. No, no, no. I have excellent vision. I can see my blind spots. I've no, looked. You have blind spots. You have blind spots. Yeah. Most of them involve somebody whose first name starts with rrr. <laughs> but here's the thing is that you have to be open to those because if you aren't communicating well on all levels, you're, as a leader, at your words, your emails, your physical, emotional speech, right? Because now that we're in the age of, of remote access, and uh, tele or Zoom meetings and Teams meetings, you have to communicate commitment to this. Yeah, they can sense. People can sense when you're not bought in. Yeah. They can do it in person. They can do it online. They can do it over camera. Yeah, you need to buy in and believe in it. If you can't, you need to you know address that because blind spots are there. Or take a day off and move the meeting. You know, some sometimes that if you can't be present. That's good advice. If you can't. I just can't. Day, right. Move the meeting. And that's okay. That's okay. And have, you know, dear listener or dear leader. Yeah. Oh, God, that's very North Korean. It is. Dear it leader? Is. Dear leader. That's what they used to call Kim Jong everyone. Yeah. I like hey there leader. Right? Hey there leader, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey there leader. Here's the thing. You struggle with it, go to your leader. Mm-hmm. I know it's tough, right? You, you hate to go to your leader and be vulnerable. We talked about that before, and you need to address that. There's but a go podcast to them. for that. There's a, there is a podcast for that. Here's good. Yeah. My mom said so. Yeah, that's right. My <laughs> wife loves it, and so does one other person out there. <laughs> At least one other person. That's right. Here's the thing is you need to go and have those conversations. You as a leader need to not only challenge your own blind spots and find them, but when you can't believe in something, you need to go and get it addressed. Yeah. You need to. Yeah. And sometimes we have to swallow a pill we don't like. Yeah. But get it addressed. If you leave it undressed, that's awkward, it will leak out, right? And you will say it to your people, and it will affect the rate of change. And that 70% number where changes fail, yeah. it's real. And if, you don't, if you're not buying it, if you don't feel it, you're part of that 70%. I'm challenging you to address that. Well, and we embody the change as leaders, right? We own it. We live it. And if we can't do that, then um, then we indeed have a crisis. So, Jim, no. uh, we, we have been at this for 24 minutes. 27 minutes 27. and 28 seconds. You need a sandwich, not just a coffee, but a sandwich <laughs> for this one. A bagel. This has been Leadership Lost and Found. I'm Randy Fields. No, I'm Jim Desmond. And you guys keep, keep leading. leading.